welcome back. This is Chicken Philosophy, <clears throat> Carl Jung's Black Books, part 25. This is a work in progress. Um, part 24 is a little more popular than uh, 1 through 23. Actually, 1 has about 50 views, but yeah, 24 has 44 views. And I suspect it has something to do with Kira Knightley's presence in the thumbnail. Because she played the role of, I never saw whatever movie that is, but it's her and Carl Jung, portrayed by some actor. And she, no doubt, is portraying either Marie Moltzer or Tony Wolf, or both. But, uh, you know, the people who are like, oh, I want to look at Kira Knightley. <laughs> click on it and I like her face. I like to visualize. is isn't really my target demographic for this program. So I think it's safe to say I won't be making that mistake again. I prefer four views. Thank you. Quality views like you. I'm going to find the most, like, uninteresting... No, not uninteresting, just not Kira Knightley. Not like, you know what I mean? Um, it's a cheap trick to get views. And the wrong kind of views. People will be like, oh, she's not even in that stupid video. It's just some guy talking. That's what I think of you. <laughs> not you, not you, no, no. The guy next to you, that fucking guy. Um, all right, so I'm gonna pick up right where I left off yesterday after the tiny font. Glass Menagerie soundtrack, anyone? The movie, the 1987 movie. So we can all get emotional about how there were so many gentlemen callers, the beep had to bring in more folding chairs. If you know, you know. From the accent of the context, you might be able to figure it out. I'm gonna go ahead and start reading now. How are you? After one had achieved the integration of the anima, one was confronted with another figure, namely the, quote, mana personality. Really? Okay. End quote. Jung argued that when the anima lost her, quote, mana, end quote, or power, the man who assimilated it must have acquired this and so become a, quote, mana personality, end quote. A being of superior will and wisdom. However, this figure was, quote, a dominant of the collective unconscious, the recognized archetype of the powerful man, in the form of hero, chief, magician, medicine man, and saint, the lord of men and spirits, the friend of gods, end quote. And if you're a lady, then surely it's the animus, and it's the heroine, the medicine woman. It works better for men, I assume. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of resonate with this. I mean, this seems, I mean, for me, it was, uh, it was a positive thing. I mean, considering where I was, 
um, when I started doing a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga and all this kind of thing, I was like, I hate my job and life is short. Therefore, I will quit my job and not give a fuck what the consequences are. And it was like a very, I was very like, I became a little bit of an asshole. I mean, you know, I uh, started standing up for myself uh, when being chastised for stupid things or mistakes other people made um, at work. And uh, yeah, just kind of became this like, sort of, <laughs> and then it eventually led me here. And I'm, I'm happy about that. But it is a good point that that, I mean, I don't know if his goal is the same as mine. Um, mine is more oriented toward what I perceive to be the goal of a Buddhist path, um, which is something like emptiness, which might be Nagarjuna's point rather than Lord Buddha's point, but we'll get there eventually on the Buddhist Books podcast. By the way, I did a... Um, uh, Kundun reaction. He's getting very old, and uh, I thought it would be tacky to do the reaction post mortem. So I, uh, that's if you're wondering, like, why, why now, why this? Like, was it have to do with the the thing in San Francisco? No, I didn't even know about that until after I uploaded it. Um, but uh, you can see it. I'm assuming you're not in India, Nepal, or Bhutan. Um, assuming you're not in India, Nepal, or Bhutan, you can watch the full uncensored reaction. In other words, it's, 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 the movie's blocked in India, Nepal, or Bhutan, where all the Tibetan refugees are. It's owned by Disney. You can do the math. It's either a favor to China, or... They want only the people who can afford the 50 bucks for the Blu-ray version to uh, be able to watch this beautiful movie about the early life of their king, you know. Um, but if you are, if you would like to see that, and you are in India, Nepal, or Bhutan, here's the censored version. That, that one, like, has very little sound, and it has words sarcastically talking about Disney over the movie. You can see the movie through it anyway. The intro is fun. I poke fun at Disney and talk about the history of Tibet in movies in mainstream Hollywood. It's clips from Twin Peaks and, you know, it's fun. Worth checking out. Maybe, if you have this much interest in it. Should I keep reading? Should I stick to the Carl Jung in this one? Maybe a little? Um, I'll do that. Okay. My eyes are like being rebellious this morning. It's different depending on the day. I don't know why. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, so the the macho hero archetype that comes out when you like start getting in shape and start working on yourself and get your shit together a little bit is like another obstacle, basically. And I can attest to that. I mean, at the time it seemed like it totally fucked my life up, but the tower card had to come at that point in my life, otherwise I wouldn't be here in India at all. I would still be there in a kind of, I wouldn't say miserable entirely, but like un, unhappy, like um, not satisfied with my life, kind of like 
still in LA, now I'm 45, but now I'm like, eh, I've been in India for the past six years. It's fucking great. And, uh, but I had to like destroy my life by being too arrogant first. All right, I'll keep reading. Yes, the dominance. Thus, in integrating the anima and attaining her power, one inevitably identified with the figure of the magician, and one faced with the task of differentiating oneself from this. So stop, stop masturbating watching Kira Knightley, and instead uh, withhold, uh, what's the word? Keep, keep it inside the uh, seed. <laughs> oh, perfect music for this. Keep your seed inside, and it will be reabsorbed into your bloodstream. Your armpits will begin smelling like semen. That's okay. Just use some kind of natural herbal essence. Don't use one of those corporate deodorants. I, I'm sorry, I can't. I, maybe it's good advice, I don't know, but uh, it works towards something. I mean, one thing it'll do is it'll bring out the dominant. It'll absorb the anima into yourself. So rather than always being like, hmm, you'll be like, I don't need anybody else's approval. I've got mine. <laughs> Just like that. That's where you want to be, right? I mean, it's a step towards something. Hopefully something soon, maybe. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I figure. Okay. Where was I? And uh, by the way, if you're uh, spanking it to pirates, that's gross. She was 17. Um, enough about Kira Knightley. Let's talk about... Where were we? Uh, yes, he added that for women, oh, the magician and one faced the task of differentiating oneself from, from this, from the macho persona, from the hero, the inner chieftain, magician. He added that for women, the corresponding figure was that of the great mother. Hmm. If one gave up that claim to victory over the anima, possession by the figure of the, don't you mean the animus, Sonu? Be consistent, sorry. Um, the magician ceased, the figure of the magician ceased. Oh, oh, okay, no, 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 we're back to talking about men. The, the women got one sentence. Instead of being the great hero, you become the great mother. Now we're back to talking about men, so that man has an anima. Women have an animus. All right, if one gave up the claim to victory over the anima, possession by the figure of the magician ceased. Oh, so if you stop being like, I am victorious over being an incel, then you stop being an asshole, right? <laughs> I guess, I, I mean, I'm trying to translate this into modern vernacular so that all you Gen Zers watching this will understand there's no Gen Zers. Maybe in the future, when you guys are old and I'm older. All right, where were we? If you're Gen Z, comment below. I want to know. Uh, uh, you see, it adds another layer of complexity, having to find my place while I can barely see. 
Yes, yes, it'll happen to you too. That's the thing about like when you when 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 young people pick on older people for having the traits of older people, it's kind of like either you're gonna die before you get there, or you're gonna get there. So, I mean, whatever, do what you want. But uh, I too was once like you, going, "Oh, look at that guy. He must be forty-five. I'm forty-five now." Alright, anyway, which is totally fine with. Really? No, I am. I mean, I've lived a lot of life, that's the thing, is when you stop and think about all the life you lived, I mean, you can worry about, did I live it well? Did I do this? I should have done that. Those regrets suck. But I mean, the actual quantity of life I've lived, it's kind of a lot. There were like huge different phases very different periods in my life and there were many of them and I mean six years I've been here there's been phases of my life that took place entirely in India and I distinctly remember stepping onto India for the first time when uh, the bus I, <laughs> the bus was full of Nepali and Indians and I was the only like foreigner and uh the bus had to stop so that I could go do paperwork. I was the only one who had to go do paperwork. And then after I did paperwork, I had to walk across the bridge um, from Nepal into India. And so I distinctly remember I'm walking to India. And then once I was across the bridge, I got back on the bus and then went another 27 hours or so with a little tiny piece of cloth on top of metal. And I was on the back and there were no shocks. So it fucked my back up for months. I'm probably still dealing with the, uh, the injury of that 30-some-hour bus ride. Yeah, the initial injury was from that stupid fucking mega vault that, uh, I mean, it was nice, but it was stupid fucking. And uh, when it was just me and Daniel putting it up, uh, uh, and like, you know, someone standing there that wasn't really helping much. And, then, like, the thing would fall and I'd catch it, and uh, it fucked my back up. That was the initial injury. And then everything that's happened since then has been kind of on top of that. And it comes back every once in a while. If I don't do yoga for a few days and I sit for too many hours, it comes back. It sucks. Okay. Yes, yes. We're going to get through this paragraph at least. At least one paragraph per episode, right? How do you like my outfit, by the way? Throw it together. Um, <clears throat> okay. The mana one gave up the victory, yes, by the figure it ceased. And one realized that the me, the man's, the mana truly belonged to the, quote, midpoint of the personality, end quote. That is, the self, period, uh, full stop. The assimilation of the contents of the mana personality led to the self. Oh. Okay. Um, his description of the encounter with the mana personality, the identification and subsequent disidentification, one thing that helped was uh, I had a divorce party, and uh, my friend who, uh, this was years ago, uh, my, like a, a longtime friend and student, his son, who had broken my pipe accidentally, he dropped a glass pipe. And uh, then 
he felt bad. So to make up for it, he gave me like a Visine bottle that was half full of just liquid LSD. So while I was, after I had like gone around with a sledgehammer smashing what my life was at that time, then I had that, I had, I had time, I had isolation. I, uh, I was teaching this 6 a.m. class, but my style of teaching didn't match with the studio, so it turned out nobody came, but I'd always show up. I'd open up the yoga studio, and I'd mop the floor and, you know, get everything ready, turn on the heat, because it was a hot yoga studio. My like, God, what the hell was I doing there? And then, um, <laughs> then no one would come, and I'd sit and meditate for a while, listen to some nice music, the music from the previous 24 episode. And uh, basically, yeah, no, it was that music. I mean, the beginning tracks or the end tracks. Maybe I'd do some yoga on my own sometimes. And then I'd, uh, yeah, okay, 15 minutes, nobody showed up. I'd close up, lock up, and right across the street from the yoga studio was Bevmo. So I'd go across, pick up a bottle of Kahlua, Stop by uh, Green Earth, pick up uh, some sour diesel. I'd go home and I was on a diet of sour diesel, Kahlua, and LSD for like weeks. <laughs> Leading up to getting on the plane to leave California the first time. Um, I, you know, left California, explored Africa, Nepal, Bhutan, and India, and then once we had met and decided to get married and live here and everything, then I went back to California, finalized the paperwork on some stuff, you know, because it apparently wasn't finished, and then did that and uh, packed all my shit and sent it to India. And then November of 2018, I left the first time in November of 2017, and then the second time I left permanently. November 2018. I haven't been back since, though I have left India for Nepal and Thailand and come back to India. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm just like randomly sharing these stories, but yeah, no, this is all kind of relating, I mean, reminding me of uh, that period. I wonder if I've reached the self yet. I don't know. Um, in his paradigm, I mean, his description of the encounter with the mana personality, that I already said that, this, yes. Oh, wait. His description of the encounter with the mana personality, the identification and subsequent disidentification with it, corresponds to his encounter with Philemon. Of the self, he wrote, quote, it might be as well, it might as well be called, uh, quote unquote, God to us, and quote unquote, the beginnings of our whole psychic life seem to be inextricably rooted to this point. And all our highest and deepest purposes seem to be striving toward it. End quote. His description of the self 
conveys the significance of his realization following his Liverpool dream, colon. It's not his dream, colon. That's gross, but the punctuation mark. Before I get to his Liverpool dream, what popped into my head just then? I don't remember. All right. Oh, yeah, Emmanuel is God with us. So I was thinking, Emmanuel. L was the God part, Emmanuel. So I, there's some variation on that. If you change the, uh, the preposition, it would be God in us. <laughs> I would make a joke about the Virgin Mary, but that's, that's too much. It's, it's too disrespectful. I'm wearing this Benedict medallion. I can't. All right, Liverpool dream. The self could be characterized as a kind of compensation for the conflict between inner and outer. Four dots. The self in, is also the goal of life because it is the most sad part of the soundtrack. No, it is the most complete expression of the fateful combination we call individuality. Four more dots. With the experiencing of the self as something irrational, as an indefinable being, I've got to pick up some reading glasses. It would make me look more professorial, which is obviously the look I'm going for. And I'd be able to see it. I wouldn't just always be like, yeah. All right. Um, it's something irrational as an undefinable being to which the eye is neither opposed nor subjected, but in a relation of dependence and around which it rev revolves very much as the earth revolves around the sun. Then the goal of individuation has been reached. And then at that point, you can expand beyond orbiting around the sun to realizing that the whole thing is like a spiraling movement going forward and that if you get out of fourth dimensional thinking up into five dimensional thinking the beginning middle and end and the infinity on both ends is already present in present moment and you see it looks like a cartoonish drawing of a dna strand you know all that shit and then the galaxies of course going the self in society. See? Okay. Uh, in the black books in the 1920s, one <clears throat> finds the lengthening shadows of death. <laughs> See, in Scorpio, it's like sex, death, and taxes. So it's the lengthening, ooh, lengthening shadows of death. <laughs> okay. Hmm. All right, anyway, uh, commencing with Jung's grief at his mother's death, followed by the premature death, <laughs> sorry, deaths of close friends, not ejaculation, oh, parentheses, Hermann Sig in 1927 and Hans Schmid in 1932, and parentheses, and patience, parentheses, George Porter and Jérôme Schloss, in 1927, end parentheses, in an entry 
1927, Jung referred to thoughts regarding the death of his wife and himself. Jung's father had died at the age of 54 in 1929. Jung himself reached this age. Yeah, that happened. No, that hasn't happened to me yet. That'll happen to me in another eight years. Then I'll, I'll be the age my dad was when he died. And God willing, I'll keep living. We'll see. All right? <laughs> um, yes. The proximity of mortality brought with it imitations of immortality. What? Oh, the proximity of mortality brought with it intimations of immortality. Okay, I mean, it's a nice sentence. It has words in it. But, honestly, I don't get it. I think it's healthy to admit when you don't get it. Rather than being like, yeah, it's normal. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, and I'd be at my grandparents' house, and we'd be watching Jeopardy. And every time Alex Trebek would be like, in this year, and I'd be like, oh, oh. Um, that was it. And then when someone would get it right, I'd be like, yeah, 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 that's what it was. And my, my grandma was like, wow, oh, he's very smart. And my mom's like, no, he's just fucking with you. She didn't say fucking with you. She would never have said that in front of her parents, but words to that effect. I'll keep reading. Um, that year, he wrote his, quote, commentary on the secrets of the golden flower, and, quote, that is, that as a physician, he attempted to, quote, strengthen and uh, the conviction of immortality, and quote, especially with older patients. Death, he argued, should be seen as a goal rather than an end. Um, uh, should I put a disclaimer on this or like a trigger warning? What, what, what are we doing here, Jung? Um, right. And he de designated the latter part of life as, quote, life toward death. Okay. And, quote, two years later in his paper, quote, the turning point of life, end quote, he elaborated on, the, on this theme, characterizing the <clears throat> psychological transformations of the midlife trans transition. He noted that the notion, maybe that's what happened to me six years ago when I smashed everything to bits and went to India. Oh, yeah, well, obviously, right? Um, he noted that the notion of life after death was a primordial image and that and that is made sense to live in accordance with this, that it made sense to live in accordance with this. From the perspective of a doctor of souls, he argued, it made sense to regard death as only a transition. These Three years later, he wrote a paper on, quote, soul and death, end quote, characterizing religions as systems for the preparation for death. Uh, he argued that given the collective soul, don't dream about, don't think about, Turn your head and a baby just spit me. Anyone? No? It's a band called Collective Soul. Back in the 
90s. Anyway, uh, death might be regarded as the fulfillment of life's meaning. Belief in an afterlife was, an, was anthropologically normative. Normative means bad, right? No, I'm just kidding. And it was rather secular materialism that viewed death as a pure cessation. Looking at you, secular materialism. This was an aberrant development viewed from a historical and cross-cultural perspective. The issue of death became particularly acute. Aww, how cute. At midlife. From then, quote, only those remain living. What? Only those remain living who are willing to die with life. Can you believe that there was a time when this music was like the latest, like, ooh, this is new. I've never heard music like this. This is like brand new. I'm young and alive. All those people are dead. Just thought for the day. All right. Since what happens in the secret uh, hour of the midday of life is the reversal of the parabola, the birth of death. End quote. I guess when did the quote begin? I don't know. Fuck it. Keep reading. The black books chart how Jung negotiated, quote, the reversal of the parabola. <laughs> End quote. Seen from this perspective, his personal transformation, his individuation, was a preparation for death. Oh, all right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close there. Next time on Chicken Philosophy Black Books, we will be reading The Confrontation with the World. Until then, I hope you're having a good time. By the way, oh, this was wonky. Was it wonky this whole time? I'm sorry. Um, in between these episodes of... Uh, still wonky. Oh, well. In between the episodes of Carl Jung's Black Books, I'm also doing episodes. I'm alternating between Black Books and Mech and Revelations. So we just did episode two of that. If you're into it, check it out. It's about Sufis. You know, like Rumi, we like Sufis, right? Like Sufis? Um, yeah, watch it. It's fun. It's a little different from this. Just a little. And um, we finished with the Arbitel. I told you about the Kundun reaction, so. I guess that's it. I got my driver's license. I don't have it physically in my hand, but it's like I know where it is, and it's in the same state that I'm in, and I will have it in my hand within the next few days, and all things going as planned, I will be, I will have a car and be driving it within maybe a week. Fucking badass. I'll record a little from inside the car while I'm driving. Of course, why wouldn't I do that? Um, 
you know, just to kind of celebrate and be like, hey guys, look, I'm in my car. I'll do that later, so you can look forward to that. What else? That's it. 